0: In this episode, I'm going to talk about the number one primary root cause of all diseases, what that root cause consists of, and how to make it better. Welcome to episode 11 of Ask Dr. Emily, a weekly podcast where we explore the what, the why, and the how of health issues from a holistic perspective. We'll talk about the signs and symptoms to look out for and the root causes of various health conditions and the most effective and doable solutions for addressing them. Each episode will empower you with knowledge and inspire you towards achieving outstanding health naturally. Now, one of my primary goals as a holistic doctor is to be a health detective. People come to me to help them figure out what is going on with their bodies, why things are going wrong, and how to fix them so that they can feel better and stop worrying about their health, enjoy life more, and have healthier longevity, i.e. age better. And as a health detective, I ask questions like, what are your main symptoms? How long has this been going on? What have you been eating? How is your sleep, your mood, your stress level? Etc. cetera. Did something happen prior to the onset of this problem, like a particularly stressful event, an accident, loss, exposure to mold or chemicals, cold or flu, food poisoning, etc. And over my 25 plus years of taking care of people and guiding them towards better health and through that process of figuring out what is going wrong and why and how to fix it with thousands of people, what I have learned is that there is one primary root cause of pretty much all health issues and diseases. So no matter what ails you, this one thing is almost certainly the primary underlying factor that has caused the problems you are having and that needs to be fixed in order for you to achieve vibrant good health. So what is the number one root cause of all diseases? Inflammatory diet. For the past 50 plus years, we humans have been consuming an increasingly unnatural and inflammatory diet, which is a big part of why life expectancy is steadily decreasing in many countries throughout the world. And so is our health span, which is the number of years that we enjoy good health, especially for younger generations these days. So what does that mean, inflammatory diet? Well, to begin to answer that, let's first talk about inflammation. What is inflammation? Inflammation refers to your body's process of fighting against the impact of harmful things like infections, aka pathogens, injuries, and toxins in an attempt to heal itself from the impact of those things. And when those impacts damage your cells, your body releases chemicals that trigger a response from your immune system. This response includes the release of antibodies and proteins, as well as increased blood flow to the damaged area. In the case of acute inflammation, like getting a cut on your finger or having a cold, the whole process usually lasts for only several hours up to a couple weeks. Chronic inflammation happens when this inflammatory response lingers and the accompanying symptoms of increased swelling, redness, heat, pain, and loss of function don't quiet down within a couple of weeks as they should. Over time, chronic inflammation has a negative impact on all your tissues and organs. First, because it blocks circulation and the delivery of essential nutrients to your cells. And second, because it uses up vital resources, such as energy at a faster rate. Research indicates that chronic inflammation can lead to a range of conditions, including heart disease, cancer, diabetes, kidney disease, fatty liver disease, autoimmune and neurodegenerative disorders. And I would expand that list. And contend that just about every health issue that we humans tend to suffer from is either caused by or made worse by chronic inflammation, which stems in large part from inflammatory diet. So, what makes a diet inflammatory? Well, there several main culprits. Here they are CAFO or feedlot meats, non organic foods. Highly processed foods, highly processed vegetable oils, carbohydrates, grains and pseudo grains and dairy. Now, some of those go sort of under each other in terms of categories, but those are the big factors. And what I have seen time and time again over the years is that when these negative influences are removed, huge improvements in health and vitality nearly always follow. So let's unpack each of these a little bit. Let's talk about CAFO meats first. Concentrated animal feeding operations, or CAFOs, are agricultural enterprises where tens of thousands of animals are raised, packed into confined, crowded facilities where they typically have the minimal to no fresh air, sunshine, or room to move around. In addition, their feed is a highly processed and unnatural mixture, often containing ingredients that they wouldn't normally eat, such as dead animals and not consisting of their natural diet such as grass and bugs, and it is non-organic, meaning it's full of health-damaging pesticides and herbicides and fungicides, etc. And the feed is brought to the animals rather than the animals grazing or otherwise seeking out feed in pastures and fields or in rangeland, like they would in nature. And finally, CAFO animals are regularly injected with hormones to speed growth and with antibiotics to combat the many infections that their unhealthy feed and living conditions tend to foster. So when you think about all those influences, chronic stress from intense crowding, lack of fresh air and sunshine and activity, eating toxin-laden unnatural feed, being injected with hormones and antibiotics, you can start to see why the meat from cattle Animals is inflammatory and really not good for us, right? So if you can't take on any other dietary changes right now, start there. Improve the quality of your proteins. This will go a long way towards reducing your inflammation wild pastures is a great source for high quality pastured meats from ethically and sustainably raised animals. And uh, you can check the show notes for a link to them um, to get a deal, which uh, they're doing a deal right now. So um, uh, for my listeners, so check it out. Next up is non-organic foods. And like with CAFO meats, other non-organic foods, fruits, veggies, et cetera, also contain health-damaging herbicides and pesticides and fungicides. And according to the Environmental Working Group, 70% of the non-organic fresh produce sold in the U.S. contains significant amounts of harmful chemical pesticides. Non-organic foods also contain fewer nutrients than organic, largely because organic farming practices nurture healthier soil, which builds healthier and more nutritious plants makes sense, right? So organic foods are more nutritious and less inflammatory. Good stuff. For a list of the most important fruits and veggies to eat organic, and for a printable reference card that you can carry in your purse or wallet of the top 10, a top 12, also known as the dirty dozen, um, check out the Environmental Working Group's extensively researched list. And again, check the show notes for a link to that. This list is updated every year. Now let's talk about highly processed foods. This is a really big topic. So I'm just going to touch on this briefly. There are degrees of processing. There's the minimal processing that we home cooks do to foods, such as chopping, slicing, shredding, and cooking. That's processing, but it's minimal. And it doesn't do much to the, um, you know, to the nutritional value of foods, right? And then there's drying, canning, and freezing, which we might or might not do at home, but again, has minimal impact on the nutritional value of food. So those are all fine and dandy. And if you can look at the food on your plate and you can tell what original whole foods that it came from, then it is minimally processed. On The other end of the spectrum There's the stuff that comes in boxes and bags and cans and bottles and jugs, stuff that has long shelf lives and minimal to no nutritional value. These quote-unquote foods are created in big factories, and we couldn't make them at home if we wanted to, a lot of them. These products usually include many problematic ingredients, including processed flours of all kinds, processed oils, of all kinds, high fructose corn syrup, artificial flavors, colors, and sweeteners, trans fats, and more. So in a nutshell, avoiding all highly processed, nutrient-poor, and inflammatory foods will do wonders for your health. And under that category of highly processed foods is a subset that's super important, and that's highly processed vegetable oils. Now, you probably already know that trans fats are bad for you, But you've been told for ages now that vegetable oils are good for you. And yet it turns out, like so many things we've been told for the past 50 years, many of the so-called, quote, healthy vegetable oils are actually highly processed, full of chemicals and highly inflammatory, and they are not at all healthy. To understand why that is, let's look at how vegetable oils are made and what they contain. Vegetable oils are those derived from plant matter, such as nuts, seeds, and fruits, and are extracted in different ways depending on the source. The simplest and healthiest extraction processes are the ones that could be done at home and still are in some places. Manual pressing, such as with olives and palm kernels, and boiling, such as with coconut. But many vegetable oils require intense industrial processing in order to be extracted and made into something sort of edible. And that industrial process degrades these oils so much that multiple chemicals must be applied in order to make them palatable and shelf stable. This industrial process includes high heat extraction, which destroys nutrients, chemical extraction with petroleum-based Hexane, which remains in the oil, ew. The use of degummers to remove sediment and improve texture. The addition of bleaches to remove natural colors. Again, bleaches remaining in the oil. And the addition of deodorizers to mask the unsavory flavors and odors, many of which are due to the oils going rancid during processing. So they're basically using these uh, bleaches and deodorizers to cover up what's really going on in those oils. Ew. Yeah, it's gross. (laughs) In addition, most vegetable oils are high in PUFAs, polyunsaturated fatty acids, which contain a lot of omega-6s and are thus highly inflammatory. The unhealthy vegetable oils to watch out for in all sorts of foods and studiously avoid are number one, canola, which comes from rapeseed, corn, cottonseed, grape seed, safflower, soybean, and sunflower. Now, as you start to really look for these, you're going to find them everywhere. Fortunately, there's more and more products these days that have healthy oils and fats. And for uh, more on those, which they are and what to look out for, uh, check out my guide, what to eat for optimal health at dremilyfranklin.com. And as always, the uh, link is in the show notes. So next up is carbohydrates. Now this, (laughs) this topic could take up a whole book on its own. And in fact, it has, many times over. So to simplify things, I'll say this. Carbohydrates raise blood sugar, which is inflammatory. So reducing carbohydrate consumption quells infection, in, inflammation. Second, carbohydrates stimulate the production of the hormone insulin. And insulin promotes fat storage, which makes for more and bigger fat cells and fat cells contribute to chronic systemic inflammation. So chronic overconsumption of carbohydrates can lead to the chronic overstimulation of insulin, which then leads to insulin resistance, and this leads to chronically elevated blood sugar, which is, again, inflammatory. So In the quest to reduce inflammation as part of our journey towards addressing the root cause of all disease, reducing carbohydrate intake of all kinds is typically very helpful for everybody. In my 25 plus years of experience as a holistic doctor, what I have seen is that almost everyone has better overall health and vitality with a relatively low carbohydrate intake. And again, for more details, check out what to eat for optimal health on my website. Link is in the show notes. So, subset of carbohydrates is grains and pseudograins, and they deserve a bit of attention all to themselves. What we call grains are the seeds of grasses in the Poaceae family, also known as cereal grasses. This family includes wheat, barley, rye, corn, millet, oats. Sorghum, spelt, teff, rice, and wild rice. Then there are pseudograins, which are the seeds of broadleaf plants, not in the Poaceae family of grasses, that are used in the same way as grains. So, some examples of these are quinoa, buckwheat, amaranth, and chia. All grains and pseudograins contain inflammatory lectins, including gluten. Gluten is a lectin. And inflammatory phytates, also known as phytic acid. And these stimulate, and the grains also stimulate the production of leaky gut inducing zonulin. So you eat the grains and the pseudograins, and that stimulates our body to make zonulin, and zonulin makes leaky gut worse. It opens up the tight junctions in the intestinal wall. And so grains and pseudograins are all significant dietary contributors to chronic inflammation. So a big key in reducing inflammation is removing grains from the diet. And yes, always and forever, ideally, if you want optimal health. And last but not least, dairy. Oh my God, dairy. So delicious. So comforting. So satisfying. But sadly, dairy is not our friend. For starters, dairy from co- cows especially, but also from all other mammal sources, is allergenic and immune system aggravating, i.e. inflammatory, and it's mucus producing. Dairy is also digestion irritating, causing gas and bloating, belching, diarrhea, constipation, abdominal cramping, and pain. It also causes acne, rashes, and other skin issues in many people. And it can cause and aggravate sleep apnea and asthma, and all kinds of lung disorders, uh, among many other things. That's like just the tip of the iceberg, unfortunately. Plus, non-organic dairy contains all sorts of nasty inflammatory junk, including herbicides, fungicides, pesticides, antibiotics, hormones, and wait for it, the pus from the infections that are caused by the unhealthy and unnatural diets that cows are fed. Ew. And finally, the whey protein in dairy is very insulinogenic, which contributes to the development of insulin resistance, something to be avoided if you're aiming for optimal health. And for more info on insulin resistance, you can check out a link in the show notes to my article about that. So if you have any health issues at all, Cutting out dairy completely will almost always improve things. Because dairy is addictive, though, it contains opioid-like compounds. This isn't always easy. In fact, it's almost never easy, but it is well worth the effort, I promise you. So, summing up. That is the inflammatory diet as root cause of disease story in a nutshell. To reduce this primary root cause of disease and optimize health and vitality, minimize CAFO meats, non-organic foods, highly processed foods, including vegetable oils, carbohydrates, including grains and pseudograins, and dairy. And again, for more details, check out my guide, What to Eat for Optimal Health. Have a great day!